This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. What's going on, Boiler Nation? It's Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. You're listening to another brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host, Evan Webb, who's coming from us from the great state of Illinois. I'm sure a lot of the Illinois people are not happy with us Purdue people tonight as the the Boilers kept the cannon by a great score of 13-9. What's going on, Webby? I'm not sure that was a football game. I mean, it was, it was obviously it was football, but I'm not sure it really, you know, that really counted as a football game. It was it was one of the uglier, if not the ugliest Purdue win in football I can ever remember. Yeah, I was trying to think of like back to another game, especially one like being there in person of a game that was that just just a a slugfest for all the wrong reasons, and that at least the ones that Purdue came out on top, and I could not think of one that was. I mean, maybe a game in the Hazel era, maybe him. I know the game at Illinois that we won by was a game winning field goal. Mm -hmm. I think that probably had more scoring than this game did. Yeah, this is definitely the lowest scoring one I can remember. I mean, as as you were talking, I was thinking some other ones in my head. Uh, Ricardo Allen's pick against Indiana State, the second Hazel game, uh, era game. That was 20 to 14, I want to say. Danny Hope. First game 2011, East uh, or mid uh, mid Tennessee State uh, blocked mm-hmm. a field goal. That I mean, those are pretty ugly games too. But this was ugly in the sense of just not a lot of scoring. But I thought I thought the Boiler defense showed up ready to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you really couldn't ask for much more. I mean, the fact that you, I mean, it is Illinois, but you still held a Big Ten team um, from scoring a, t- a touchdown. It was all field goals, which is pretty impressive. The second time in the season that we've held a team to no touchdowns in the game. First time we've done it against a Big Ten <clears throat> opponent since 2007. Right, and that was against was it Northwestern. No, it was, I, I, was it Iowa. I honestly don't know off the I top of my head. Yeah. I know yeah. I heard I think Tom Deanhart say that, and I or Kyle or uh, not Kyle Charles, but I think it was um, somebody from Golden Black, and I'm already forgetting who said it and what the team was. Alan Carpick, maybe. Yeah, I think it might have been Alan. Um, but yeah, I mean the fact that you hold a team to no touchdowns is pretty remarkable. You just wish that the offense could have repaid them a little bit more, right? Uh, and, we, and we'll get into that here in a bit. But um, let's talk about the injuries. Let's let's just injuries. I mean, we <laughs> were laughing. Nineteen again. We were laughing before the game that on the on the entrance video about every player they're showing was out. Right. <laughs> and yeah, because you had Bell. Obviously, you had. Horvath, you had, I think, was King DeRue in the video too? I think he might have been. He might have been. Uh, Payne Corey Durham, Trice, Payne who Durham. Would get, who would get hurt during right. the game. Right, yeah, Corey, Corey Trice, Trice was featured heavily. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's just reminded me a lot of, was it 2019? Yeah. Um, where it just seemed like every week someone else is going down. So, not sure what's going on in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the football it's just, there, it's just life of being a Purdue football fan. Yeah. I mean, guys go down and they're never the special teams guys. It's always the key players. I mean, mm-hmm. during the game itself Saturday, Payne Durham goes out with what we now know is a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. Same thing with Branson Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, oh, um, DeMarcus Mitchell got banged up. Not yep, sure he what he – He was kind of hobbling a little bit. Just, I mean, the hits just keep coming and it's like – when's this Purdue team get a break? Because eventually right. the depth's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're already kind of safe with the running back position. I mean, I liked, you know, what Downing and Cross did, but it wasn't much. I mean, part of that too is offensive is the offensive line. But, I mean, 
yeah, it's like get to a point where it's just you're basically just a one dimensional team and you can try and run, but when you're getting, you know, one, two yards of carry, it's uh just not gonna cut it. I mean what yeah, I mean Dylan or Downing was averaging three point nine and Cross was averaging one point seven. So Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it makes the defense it makes you so easy to defend. I mean they can bring mm-hmm. the safeties or act not bring them up, keep them back and not bring them up because mm-hmm. they're not playing the run. It eliminates the deep ball. Notre Dame did it, Illinois did it. And um, yeah, both Sorry, yeah, Dylan's longest run was nine yards. That was the yeah. longest run. And Jackson Anthrop also had one run for nine yards as well. So it was the longest run of the day for Purdue, which is sad. No, it's 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 amazing they won with that. <laughs> when you yeah. pull out a stat like that, it's I mean, this offense is made for big plays and they're taking away the deep ball, like like we said. And I think that's why they haven't announced it to the public. Jeff said they were going to announce it internally today who the quarterback is. That's why I think Aiden O'Connell will be the starter on Saturday because Jeff's made the comment he's the most accurate passer on the team. And if you're going to be one-dimensional and going to have to pass a lot, might Mm -hmm. as well put your most accurate guy in there. Yes, he does throw more picks than Jack Plummer, but I also think he he might force it a little more than Jack, but he takes those shots, and that's kind of what we need right now. I mean, yeah, it's what we need. I mean – the biggest roar of the day until until the touchdown was with the forty yard pass to Abdur or was it yeah it was Yassine who caught the mm-hmm. pass his first catch was like forty three yards or something like that I mean that was the first shot we've taken probably in the last two games that was over twenty yards probably yep. if you had to guess um, and that was because of, and it was O'Connell I think he just gets the ball out much quicker I mean part of that too is he can't I mean he's pretty he's a statue back there mm-hmm. but I mean if he gets it out quickly and Exactly. With I, I, mean, I, I like both quarterbacks. Obviously, I like Plummer a little bit more, but I mean, as of what we saw, I'm not again. We're again, we're not sure if the play calling is different or what's different because obviously the offense just moved a little bit differently with and better with with O'Connell. But I mean, I just want to win. I don't really care who's back there. Exactly. I, I think the play calling it could be a little different, but I, I see a lot of people out there on the message boards, um, you know, saying that it's a lot different. I don't think it's a lot different. Yeah. I, I mean, I would be amazed if it is, but you know, I and I know they went with Jack, want to be more mobile. We we didn't really even see Jack. We mm-hmm. haven't seen him use his legs too much. I don't know if I want him to use his legs all that much because I'm afraid that he's going to get hurt. hurt. Yeah. Um, so. But I think also with Jack, I know we kind of talked about it too at the game. Um, I think maybe Jack is maybe just a little bit too afraid to make mistakes. I mean, he hasn't right. thrown a pick this year, which is great, but he also hasn't thrown many touchdowns either. Um, or hasn't really done much in terms of taking chances down the field. Right. And I mean, obviously it's great not throwing picks, but you just get, I mean, we can't, you have to move the ball. And we yeah. were doing that against Illinois, which is one of the worst defenses we'll face all year. Probably the worst defense we'll face from here on out, for sure. I think, I think you're right. Um, and, you know, Jack looked good at the beginning of the game. That was mostly mm-hmm. with the scripted plays, or mm-hmm. what I presume to be scripted plays. Then after the first quarter, he had 11 yards. Mm hmm. I mean, I mean, I think a change had to be need 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 to happen mm-hmm. just to give the offense a spark. Um, but now it'll be interesting to see how O'Connell plays. Presuming he starts, mm-hmm. will he be more conservative like Jack is? You know, that's one thing with two quarterback or rotating quarterbacks back and forth. The guy's always looking over his shoulder. He's scared mm-hmm. to make mistakes. That's that's why I've never been a fan of it. Right. I mean, we kind of saw that a few years ago with Blau and. Um, Similar. similar yeah and it seemed like that one of them always played better when the other one was for sure out with an injury or whatever because right. they were kind of kind of able you know felt free and you know yep. they knew the guy i'm not even sure who the third string might have been or i think plumber was probably the at one point was the third string there um but yeah i mean you knew that guy, that guy was going to come and take your job so yeah it'll be interesting to see i hope i hope he is i hope he still just kind of goes out there and slings it because lord knows we need it yeah, I mean, I okay, Minnesota got to take away the deep ball. You got to hit those intermediate passes mm-hmm. then. So um, I could see some trickery coming out, you know, mm-hmm. Saturday. And and I know a lot of people, us included, we, we want to see more trickery. But with the uh, lack of depth with the offensive line, I, I just don't know if you can get a lot of trickery in there. Yeah, I mean, you have to let those plays develop. And mm-hmm. our plays don't have much time to develop, it seems like. Yeah, so um, got to. Got a text question here from Adam Bartels, a full steam ahead podcast. Thoughts on some Austin Burton RPO packages? I mean, why not? I mean, I, I thought we'd see Burton. Obviously, we saw him against UConn in mop up duty, but yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen him thrown there at least once 
I, I don't think we've seen him besides that no, game. No. So, I mean, yeah, I'd like to say just, just to change something up, or just even if it's just one or two plays, not saying it's to play the whole you know second half, but yeah, do something. I agree. Up. I agree. And, and, you know, not to see not to see him at all so far, I wonder how far behind he is from the other two guys from a passing standpoint. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, know. yeah, I have no idea. You know, I was getting texts from some Purdue buddies on Saturday like, how about a limo? He looks the part. I'm like, he's fourth on the depth chart. Like, right. I don't he's think fourth he's going to be seeing any, yeah. any playing time. I mean, that's yeah. – I, I don't see practice every day. The coaches yeah. do, and he got I mean, he didn't even they didn't even attempt to pass with him in the UConn game. So, right. maybe that's a little – I mean, granted it was like the end of the game, but that's a little telling too. You're not even letting him get a chance to throw the ball, even in a, a absolute route of a game. <laughs> And I have to laugh at all the fans already concerned about who's going to be the quarterback of 2022. I'm like, I don't care about 2022 <laughs> right now. I want to win six games. I want to go to yeah. a bowl game, put the quarterback in who gives us the best chance to win. Halfway there. Yeah. And everybody's complaining. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which which I, I, I get it. It hasn't oh, yeah, been the prettiest, yeah. but especially the last game. But before the season, we were saying after four games, you got to be three and one at the worst. And here we are, three right. and one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, in Oregon State, they went on. And I know USC's got a little turmoil going on now. They smacked USC the other night, mm-hmm. and I I heard one of the ESPN talking heads say he thinks that Oregon State's the third best team in the Pac-12. Hmm. Obviously, very far behind Oregon. But. <laughs> and, and one of the other talking heads said, but they lost to Purdue. I'm thinking that's a fully healthy Purdue team, though. Right. Week one, get some of those guys back. I it's mean, that's team. Exactly. If we can somehow escape this weekend with win over Minnesota, be four and one going to the bye, I'll be ecstatic. Because yeah, then you look at games like you know Northwestern, Nebraska, yeah. Indiana. You know, if if we beat Minnesota, you're just looking at you know two of those three, and then maybe still. I mean, that's I still throw I still throw Michigan State in there. Yeah, I know they're four zero and so they're ranked top one that, that maybe we may be but, not favored in, but yeah. you know, something that's not like a world beater like maybe Wisconsin. For the first time since 03, they look vulnerable right now. Yeah. I mean, it's we say that I know. Like every couple I know. of years. We only, had, we only had them down 14, Webby, two years ago. With yeah. Like, or three years ago with like six minutes left or whatever. Right. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, 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 like I said, as bad as the offense played for a while, they made the switch to Aiden. He eventually leads the game-winning touchdown to TJ Sheffield, which what did you think about us flipping the end zone? Loved it. I didn't realize it was on purpose at first. I thought maybe like he was, I mean, just diving just to, you know, get there or something. But then I saw the replay. I was like, oh, he just, he just straight up pulled a Robert Marv and flipped into the end. Well, I was a little nervous that a flag was going to come out. Right. Because they threw one on DJ Knox in 2018 for sliding in a puddle against Eastern Michigan. That's I mean, right. I mean, they throw it on some stupid stuff. I remember yeah. back, uh, I think it was 2011 against Notre Dame. Uh, we got blown out, but somebody on defense, High five to kid and the end zone after incompletion they threw a flag, so uh, I was really kind of surprised they didn't throw a flag. Glad yeah. they didn't, but the inconsistency of Big Ten refs. Oh, oh, it's awful, <laughs> awful. I, and 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 I get you know the Payne Durham hit wasn't helmet to helmet. It was a clean. No, that was hit. I thought that was a clean hit. I mean, I know people them, but... people in our section were happy about it. But you and I were both like, oh, that was a clean hit. I mean, as soon we, as we, we saw the replay, let's be fair. We have some people in our section not happy about anything. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to That's section right. 129. Yes, 121. Uh, yeah. I will not give out a row. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I, th- I thought it was when, it, when I say when it first happened, I thought it was for sure a targeting. I thought there's no way with the way his helmet just popped off. I was like, oh, that's for sure. Like, how can you not throw a flag? And I saw the replay. I was like, oh, that was just a that was just a really good hit. Um, but it's unfortunate what happened to Payne. It sounded like he got really rocked there. Yeah, um, but and you know this is a team he wants to go against this weekend. Yeah, oh yeah, that's big time. After what happened last year, but I don't know. I'm not optimistic. I haven't read any reports today on any um, mm-hmm. updates. I think with uh, concussion, it's always like last minute because I mean things can change day to day. From just my understanding, I've never gone through concussion protocol for sports, so I would not know anything like that. But it sounds like it's pretty day to day and. Yeah, I mean, I know we kind of talked about it last week. I don't really, we didn't really. Love it. I guess we probably needed David Bell more than we thought we would. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, this would be nice to get some somebody back, whether it be Rice, Durham, or Bell. Like maybe who do you think is the most likely to come back? Do you think Rice is maybe the most likely to come back this week? I would or? say Bell. 
Bell. Okay. Yeah, I know he got rocked, but uh, usually concussion seems like it's got to be really bad to miss two weeks at the college right. level. But it could be. I mean, yeah. um, definitely want him to take his time with that. And definitely with the bye week coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Then he goes against his favorite, Iowa. I know right. Iowa fans really don't want him to be back for that game. But mm-hmm. it sure would be nice, like you said, to get any of those guys back. Uh, it's a bummer to hear about King Doru. It sounds like his season could be in jeopardy with a right. non-COVID-related medical condition. That makes me see. That makes me think heart-related. Yeah, when I, I mean, hear you know, kind of flashbacks that. to Jay Simpson yep. back for for basketball when it was kind yep. of. I mean, that was obviously more serious than the fact that it happened, you know, during, during a game. game. Yep. Um, but yeah, obviously that's scary stuff, and you just feel for the kid because yep. I mean he's a top-tier athlete and. Something you can't even control takes right. him out, but yeah, hopefully right. he's hopefully he's okay. But uh, David side of the ball, we said Branson Dean got banged up. Demarcus, which Mitchell, I think that was he got hit by one of I our. I think it was guys. friendly fire a little bit. Yeah, uh, Demarcus Mitchell banged up, but there was some guys who played really well. George Kalafis got strip sack. Um, I mean, he's George doing George things out there. Did you see that? I think it was a photo still of him being Lily triple team. Yep, and just. Yep. <laughs> I, I watch him a lot on the defensive Same. plays, and and he at least got double teamed every every, oh, every yeah. play, and you have to. Um, I mean, if you take him out, Purdue hasn't proven that they have any other pass rushers that right. can make up for it. Um, but I will say, I thought Lawrence Johnson was Lawrence awesome. Lawrence Johnson was awesome. The I other remember day. calling his name, you know, giving praise during the game quite yep. a few times. So he was it's nice to see him play well. And Brown. Was awesome. Yeah. In place of Trice. I mean, that was Two kind games of in a, a, row. A, a big worry after Trice went out is, you know, mm-hmm. we knew the lack of DB depth. And mm-hmm. yeah, I thought he stepped up big time. And Jalen Graham is playing at all conference mm-hmm. level right now. He's, he's a monster. Field. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute monster. Yeah, he's If he keeps it up this year, next year, he's got a chance to play on Sundays, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which Purdue's had a good little pedigree of putting linebackers in the in the league the last few years, mm-hmm. and they're all playing pretty well. Well, I don't know how much Marcus Bailey's playing, but I know Bentley's been playing a lot for the Patriots, mm-hmm. and then Barnes is playing a lot for the Lions. So, but uh, yeah, nope, defense uh, they're they're surprising me every week. Yeah, I mean it's I know the bar was set pretty low from last year, but I mean this defense is by far exceeded my expectations so far this year. Just the fact that. You know, they're not I – mean, I thought some of those things where we're probably going to have to win games, you know, 35, 32, or, you know, 38, yep. 35, something like that. But, I mean, the defense is playing pretty I – mean, yeah, we haven't been playing the, you know, the top-tier talent, so we'll kind of see the next couple of weeks, you know, how you know, how they stack up truly. But, I mean, you're, I mean, you held a Big Ten team to no touchdowns, and that's not an easy thing to do. Um, obviously, they're definitely getting worn down there at the end, you can tell. Um, still have no idea, no idea why Bielema – decide to punt that one possession. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did too, but it's just like, my God. Um, yeah. He's uh, he's he, he and his dinosaur offense. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, we were big fans of the, the new coaching changes on defense and it's, it's definitely paying dividends right now. Sure is. And special teams. I thought I had a good day. Yeah. Ansel did pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah I thought was definitely more consistent. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, good. Good to see that. So uh, Golden Gophers coming into town. I think it's going to be a pissed off Minnesota team. Mm-hmm. They were thirty-one point favorites over Bowling Green, a one and two Bowling Green team coming into Saturday and lost. Not, not only did they lose, but they scored what ten points? Ten points. Now their best receiver was out. Okay. I believe he is back this week, but crap. And, yeah, and Tanner Morgan is a Purdue killer. He's three and zero. I think he's combined for seven hundred ninety nine yards in those three games, six touchdowns, one interception. If I if I'm correct, but he's had Rashad Bateman mm. and oh, I always forget the other guy's name. He's on Tampa Bay. Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. The year before, two NFL caliber wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So they're without the running back. Their stud running back Ibrahim. He's out mm-hmm. for the year. So they don't have the firepower that the Minnesota teams of the past few years have because uh, Flex got Brahms' number at 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Say in the one year we, we got him, it was that crazy storm delay that delayed the game for about an hour. And then, yep. well, we uh, picked six it to, to, Bentley. Yeah, yep. to seal the, the game. The Joe Tiller game because we threw That's right. throwback helmets with the Joe sticker. Yep. Yep. So, which I, I want to say once again, I know we're getting away from the game a little bit now, but love the love the throwback uniforms, the yeah. Rose Bowl season uniforms. I was getting a little worried because I think we wore them last year against Northwestern, I we think, did. and got right. beat. And I was like, oh my God, if we get beat with these things again, like, we can never wear them ever again. It's, it's like the, um, 
now we've made them good in basketball, but the big dog ones. Yeah. When I remember a few years ago, we wore them and lost to Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, then lost to Little Rock wearing them. Yeah. Burn them, <laughs> never wear them again. But we we've won plenty of games in them since. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just. A, I know. I can, we kind of mentioned it. Uh, or I think I texted it to our group chat with some with some buddies, but it was just like it's just funny or kind of funny, kind of sad that you know we had the two thousand Rose Bowl team there. You know, one of the, probably the best offenses produced seen probably definitely this century and uh, scored thirteen points. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, it's like Drew Brees told the team in the pregame video: it's going to be a battle every week. Absolutely, you're going to have to win games different ways and find ways to get it out. Mm-hmm. That was just an example of. It. I mean, like I was telling, I've been telling all my. Uh, uh, pretty co-workers this week. Hey, an ugly win beats the alternative. Beats oh, yeah. Loss. That, I mean, that, no matter I mean, how as, pretty as the that, loss is. As much as that win sucked, the, yep. losing that game would have been – I mean, you and I were kind of like sitting there talking. It was like, if we cannot lose this game because nope. it would have been, I mean, season over. I mean, if no, you can't you beat Illinois. No, you don't get the six no. wins with, without beating Illinois. And, yeah. And I think the crowd will be good for homecoming. The crowd was mm-hmm. good Saturday, over 52,000. Awesome. Yeah. The students have been awesome the first two games. Yeah, I was really worried that – we'd see a lot of students leave at halftime just because, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame them. I mean, it wasn't oh. the most exciting. I, mean, I, I was not having fun um, <laughs> no. being the second game back at the Ross eight and over, you know, a year and a half or whatever, yeah. but yeah, they stuck around and it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome to see the turnout. Yeah. The, and, and, and Jeff Brom even said the he, kudos to the fan base. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how great the fans have been. So hopefully it's not like, it's not like they show up early too, which is awesome. The yeah. students show up like Whenever the gates open, they're filling the stands. Hopefully to do it Saturday. It's our first nooner of the year, mm-hmm. Big Ten Network, but it is homecoming. Gets to go first two and two. Uh, we'll do our prediction here in a little bit, but let's go around the rest of the league real quick. Unless you had anything else you want to say about the game from Saturday. Nope. Burn the tape. Move on. <laughs> yes, that's well said. We got a Friday night Big Ten action. Uh, two undefeated teams. We got number five, Iowa, on the road against 4-0 Maryland. I was only a three and a half point favorite. I mean, prime time for an upset. I mean, Friday night Friday night games are weird in the Big Ten. Um, you never know what's going to happen, but I'm still picking Iowa. But I think it's going to be that. I think a, a touchdown or less. I'm still picking Iowa. I'll take Iowa by ten. Um, yeah. Iowa's defense is elite, but their offense just doesn't score a lot of points. Right, Spencer Petrus, uh, he needs to get it going a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lini, we've talked about the Lini in in depth here. Uh, they have a home game against three and one Charlotte, Illinois' eleven point favorite. Oh man, if they lose this game, that's <laughs> they could. They could. Um, I'm still gonna pick Illinois. I mean, I I mean their track record hasn't proven to make me feel any better, but I'm still gonna go with the Lini. Uh, sure, I, think, Char- I think they might have gotten some confidence from this last game being able to hang with Purdue but Charlotte beat Duke week one by three then beat Gardner Webb by uh 28 lost to Georgia State by 11 and then beat Middle Tennessee last week by three I don't know Gardner Webb had a football program I didn't either <laughs> uh I'll take Illinois by two touchdowns yeah interesting one here number 14 four no Michigan at one and two Wisconsin and Wisconsin's favored yeah, at least, by a point and a half. I've got a point on the ESPN app. That's yeah, I have not. I mean, they've lost the two good teams, sure, Penn State and Notre Dame. But Graham Mertz has been awful. He's been awful, and I mean, I haven't watched any Michigan this year, but I assume their defense is probably pretty decent. And they can score points this year. Yeah, they haven't played great teams, but it looks like they can actually score. I think I'm gonna pick Michigan as much as I want the West to do well. But, Screw Wisconsin. Let's get them out of the West race right. right now. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, I, I mean, one and three Wisconsin. Oof. That's no. I mean, again, all, all three really good teams, but right. still yikes. No, I think I like Michigan here to win. This might be Harbaugh's best chance to go get Ohio state. Mm-hmm. Best chance to date. I, I mean, say. yeah, especially with the way that Ohio state hasn't been lighting the world on fire. Like we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah. I, I mean, is that game, do we know if is it, it's in Ann Arbor, isn't it? The, the, yeah, Ohio State one. Let's see yeah. here. I think you're right. Uh, yep, it is. Yep, yep. Speaking of Ohio State, they're on the road to Rutgers this weekend. Uh, Fifteen point favorites. Rutgers suffered their first loss of the year by a touchdown to Michigan. 
I'm going to pick Ohio State, but I'm going to say they don't cover. I'm going to say Rutgers keeps it close. I agree with you. I think Ohio State wins, but Rutgers does keep it close. I think Shiano's going to get them to a bowl this year. Mm -hmm. It's impressive the turnaround he's done in the short amount of time in Pescataway. Mm -hmm. Interesting matchup here. Northwestern, at they did get the win over Ohio, so they're 2-2. and They're at 2-3 and Nebraska. But I got Nebraska as 11.5-point favorite. Same. Nebraska's played well the last two games. They have. They, they've lost, but they I mean they hung in there with Oklahoma, unfortunately, and they played Michigan State pretty tough. Probably sound like they probably I didn't watch the game, but it sounded like they could have won the game. Um, judging by some friends of ours who are Nebraska fans and kind of what they were saying on Twitter. Um, I think Nebraska covers. I think they're gaining confidence. I agree. I just don't think Northwestern's very good. And no. I, and I had predicted them to go eight and four, but <laughs> and even 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 in my head, I'm like, they've lost a lot, but eh, Fitzgerald's a good coach. He'll get them yeah. on track. They don't usually have a uh, bad, bad season too often, but they're they're just not very good. Mm-hmm. So I think I think if Nebraska loses this one, the heat's back on for Frost big time. Oh again. yeah. Yeah. That that would not be a good that'd be a terrible loss. One and two Western Kentucky, who almost pulled the upset against Indiana. Uh, at 4-0, number 17, Michigan State, who's an 11-point favorite. It's safe to say Sparty's the most improved team in the country. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Um, I really liked watching West Kentucky play. Oh, that was fun. They <laughs> swing the ball around, man. Yeah, I like that little quarterback. Um, but I think Michigan State, I think they cover. I think kind of like what they did against Indiana, they're just going to be outmatched. Yep. And Michigan State have just, just talent-wise um, – but, yeah, I think Michigan State covers that. I do, too. And that would give Michigan State one win away from becoming a bowl eligible. I had them in my preseason prediction win like two or three games. <laughs> what do I know? Why, why do I right. even host a few podcasts? I have no idea. Indiana at 2-2. Two and two, They go on the road at Happy Valley. 7-30 night game on ABC. Gets number 4, 4-0 Penn State, who is a 12-point favorite. And Penn State's probably going to remember that game last year. That I hope so. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they do too. I mean, Penn State had that game won. They, I mean, all, I mean, all the stats pointed to them winning, and had the running back not scored too quickly and just taking a knee, and they could have melted that clock. But this Penn State team is pretty good, and I, I think they cover that. I'm hoping about a 21 point route. Yeah, I hope it's. I hope they smash them. I like Penn State as well. Um, Thad Mooney, who I want to give a shout out to Thad. He made this sign behind my head, this boiler breakdown sign for us. Really appreciate that, Thad. That's awesome. Uh, contact Thad for any wooden wood signs you might want made. He said, Lions roll. I hope you're right. And yeah, night at Happy Valley is just something different. It is. It's not going to be a whiteout, but no. uh, still, doesn't matter. It's still a tough place to play. Did you know Purdue played in the first ever whiteout? I did not know that. I heard you say that, I think, on – Yep. Another one of your podcasts, yep. and I was like, I had student section only in 2004. And uh, I do remember that game, that's the only time we've ever yeah. won at Penn State with Kyle Orton. Yeah, uh, but I didn't know that was the first ever because that was the out. game that set up the uh, the fumble game. Yeah, because we were five and out after that game, yep. right? Right, so mm-hmm. yep. Good times, oh, good, good memories. Oh, great, great memories. <laughs> well, before we predict the boiler Minnesota game, let's go around the top 25 a little bit. Um, the game day game, number eight Arkansas. They might be the surprise team of yeah, the. Yeah, I think I think they're they're the surprise team right now. I mean, they Four were and, basement dwellers in the SEC, yeah, they were. SEC, but still. I made fun of the Sam Pittman hire once again. What do I know? <laughs> uh, uh, they're, they're number eight in the country. They're at number two Georgia. So number eight against number two, right? Mm-hmm. Georgia's eighteen and a half point favorites. Yeah, that's just they're good. SEC stupid. I hate it. It is, isn't it? <laughs> It's just ridiculous. I think Georgia rolls in this one. They're, they're pretty freaking dark. Good. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I think they and Alabama are on a different level than everybody, everybody else. When do they play? When does Georgia play Alabama? SEC championship. Oh, that's right. They're not in the same division. Right. Oh, man. That would be. Ooh. You know, I, I'll say Georgia wins, but by like 17. So Arkansas, the backdoor cover late. Yes. Louisville. Three and one. I, I always kind of root for Louisville to have a winning record. <laughs> so stay away from our coach. Right, yeah. He's not saying they're going to come after our coach right now, but another surprise team here. They're at 4 and 0, number 24, Wake Forest. And Wake, play Wake is Forest a like seven two, point favorite. 2005. Didn't we play Wake Forest like 2006? We, we played them in a home and home. Yeah. We lost to them in 02 at home oh, and beat them in 03 okay. on the road. Okay. 
I just remember playing there in, on NCAA football. Yep. We we uh, have a home and home schedule with them in the future too. Love to see it. Part of the um, alliance. I'm I'm gonna say weight covers. Yep. I'm right there with you. Give me weight. He's on ESPN three. I would be pissed if I was a top twenty five team playing on ESPN yeah, that's, three. That's some disrespect. At least put on ACC network or something. Right. Um, I mean, it's funny, the ACC, you know, everybody was talking about Clemson, Miami, and North Carolina, North Carolina. coming to the air. Boston College and Wake Forest are undefeated. Right. And Clemson's, I mean, their season might as well be done. I mean, they lost two games. They're, they're Right. They're not yeah, going to make the they're not gonna make playoff for the seventh straight year. So right. if you had uh, Clemson or if you had Wake Forest and, and uh, Boston College being undefeated on your 2021 bingo card, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big top 10 matchup here. Number seven, Cincinnati Bearcats at number nine, 4-0 Notre Dame. Uh, I got Cincy as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Yeah, which is surprising. I was not impressed with Cincy when they played Indiana. Maybe the, I mean, I could have spent my hatred for IU blinding me <laughs> and just not admitting that IU was, was good, but I was not impressed with their quarterback for most right. of the game. Um this is hopefully be a good game, but I think I think Notre Dame pulls it out. I think Notre Dame wins a close one. Yeah. Um, then their schedule eases up a bit, and then we might have to start hearing about them potentially making the playoff <sighs> again. Yeah. Uh, their defense coordinator, Marcus Freeman, knows Cincinnati very well. Yes. He had spent a good amount there, good amount of years there before going to Notre Dame. Uh, I think you're right, Webby. I don't know the stats of Jack Cohn, but uh, I don't think it matters. I think Notre Dame wins a close one. Mm-hmm. Hope I'm being wrong. At, being, being at Notre Dame, it's, it's a tough place to play, obviously. And yep. I mean, Cincinnati went to a sold out, you know, Memorial Stadium, but this is going to be a lot different. A lot yeah. of the same fans. A lot of the same fans, but <laughs> they're just going to reverse their jacket to, right. to blue yeah. and gold or green. Yep. But yeah, that'll be a. As far as it's a one thirty game, I figure they might try and push that to a a later game. Right. Uh, Thad Mooney here says since he was trash, wasn't the hatred blinding you up? Yeah, I figured I was on to something. They could have been down about 28 nothing early in that. Oh, game. yeah, I mean, yeah, they the targeting penalty that took out McFadden, McFadden was mm-hmm. huge for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was the quarterback, I was not super impressed with. Number six, Oklahoma, four and oh, at number three or at three and one, Kansas State, who was previously ranked, but Oklahoma mm-hmm. State beat them. Oklahoma's a ten point, fa- ten half point favorite, but they need to wake up. Yeah, they almost lost to West Virginia and Nebraska the last two weeks. I'm gonna say they. I'm gonna say they cover. I uh, I don't know much about Kansas. Obviously, another three and one. Yeah, but that's yeah. a that's a tough pay- place to play. I mean, Kansas State's mm-hmm. a pretty solid program year in year out. But this is one if Oklahoma doesn't wake up, they're going to get beat. Yeah, um, but I do think they wake up. I think they cover as well. I think Spencer Adler has a good good game. Number three, Oregon, 4-0 at 2-2 two and two Stanford. And Oregon's only an eight-point favorite in this one. And Oregon's pretty They're dang good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they cover that on the road. Yeah, Mario Cristobal's doing a good job there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they cover as well. David Shaw's one you look at, it's like he should have went to the NFL when he could. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number 12, Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's boys are 3-0. They travel to 4-0, number one, Alabama. Alabama's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. I did not realize Ole Miss was 12th. Yeah. Wow. Started <laughs> year about 25th, I believe, and they moved up to 13. There's been 25 teams ranked inside the 20, top 25 lose already this year. Wow. I mean, Alabama's on another stupid level. I think they I think they roll in that one. I, I never can go against them at home. Nope. Even against the spread. So, I agree. But I mean, I mean, Kiffin against his, you know, former. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously he was he kind of he he was the one who saving credits kind of made saving kind of open his eyes to having a more explosive offense. But I mean, Alabama boys were a little bit different. Sa- Saban loves getting the big name coordinators. Look, Bill O'Brien's his office coordinator now. Right. So who I think he'll be, I think he'll be a coach somewhere soon. Maybe Matt Nagy will be his offensive coordinator sometime soon. <laughs> you bear fans can hope. Uh, he could be here in about five weeks if things don't turn around. Um, uh, they won't fire him midseason. Uh, probably not. Number 10, Florida, 3-1. and one. They travel to 4-0 Kentucky. Florida's an 8.5-point favorite. I'm like, oh, Kentucky must be pretty good. Look at their schedule. They have played. Uh, let's see here. Louisiana Monroe, mm. Missouri, 
Chattanooga and at South Carolina. And they beat South Carolina by six and Chattanooga by five, Missouri by seven, Louisiana Monroe by 35. So give me the Gators easy. Yeah. I mean, Gators, I mean, that's going to be who, oh, Florida lost to Alabama. That's right. By they, two. They, yeah. They were <laughs> or they, three they were or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, they yeah, gave them I, everything I think, they wanted. Yeah. Gators rolling that one. How do we know? How's Wandale Robinson doing this year? Do we know? I do not know. I don't. Yeah. I have not checked his stats. Probably pretty good. Yeah. I know he's happy to be out of Nebraska where he doesn't have to carry the ball anymore. That Mooney says Alabama coordinators career rehab center. That's the no truth. kidding. That's the truth. Remember Butch Jones was like a special quality assistant for them a couple of years ago. Right now, now he's at um, Arkansas state. Yep. Yep. Butch Jones. Uh, here's a good big 12 matchup rank matchup four uh, 0 number 21 Baylor at number 19, 4-0, Oklahoma State. If you don't like defense, this is the game for you. <laughs> Oklahoma State's three-and-a-half-point favorites. And Mike Gundy, he's a man. He's like 50-something now. 54, I believe. Yeah. That was earlier. It was the last week was the anniversary of that back in 07 when he's 40. So, yeah, 53, 54. I can't that was 07. <laughs> what a great rant. I love that rant. But I, I think give me the, the Cowboys. Yeah. Give me the Cowboys. Yep. Yep. Mississippi State at number 15, Texas AM. Texas AM is a seven point favorite. Mississippi State, man, talk about two brutal losses in a row. They lose the LSU by single digits this past week. And then the week before, they got hosed by the refs so bad at Memphis. <laughs> oh my gosh. That that punt return thing was ridiculous. I mean, you mm-hmm. had one ref doing this, simply the play's dead. No, no whistles are blowing. The guy picks up the ball, runs a touch. Oh my God! If I was a Mississippi State fan, I would just blow a gasket. But give me a m Yeah, give me a m in the cover. Boston College at number twenty-five, Clemson. First time Clemson's been out of the top ten in ages. Clemson's a sixteen-point favorite, and Boston College is four and zero. Yeah, I don't. Who's Boston College played? For, for them, Clemson to be a 15, 16-point favorite versus Boston team. College has beat Colgate, Missouri. Massachusetts, at Tipple, Missouri. So not very not convincing. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say Clemson wins, but they don't cover. I'm going to say Clemson covers. I think they're going to be very angry. Yeah. But this office cannot score points. No. Hmm. I'm going to say Is this the quarterback that came in for, in a Notre Dame game last year? DJ, and I'm not trying yep. to pronounce yep. his last name. I'm gonna say a tiger wins this game. Number twenty-two Auburn, three and one at three and one LSU. And LSU's, LSU's three favored. and a half point favorites. Man, I'm gonna ride with Bo Nix in the upset. I mean, we can count it as an upset, I guess, just from the betting yep. line. But Bo Nix is five and eight in his career on the road slash neutral games. I think he goes five and nine. Give me Coach O and the Tigers. If Auburn were to win. Does Coach Oak be on? Is he on the hot seat, or is he already think, on the hot seat? I think he's. I think he's already on the hot seat. Isn't that yeah. crazy? I think he's got to get Gene Chizik. He's yeah, going to get he's Gene Chizik two years after he win title. Yeah, <laughs> which is just the, again the insanity of of, of SEC, SEC football. And... If anybody was to ever win a title at Purdue, build him a damn statue, name the stadium after him. Yeah. They don't have to win a game for the next decade. We won't care. We'll still be the statue funny. better be up the next day. If they... okay, yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, build it during the game, for God's right. sake. Uh, a matchup here between two former pro coaches, 3-1 and one, Arizona State at 3-1, and one, number 20 UCLA. UCLA is three-and-a-half-point favorites. Right with the home team, Chip Kelly's team, cover. I, I like the Bruins, too. I think they cover. I think they cover. And lastly, I like this team a lot. Number 18, Fresno State at 2-3, and three, Hawaii. Fresno's only a 10-point favorite, but Fresno State's got a quarterback that, I mean, he probably won't win the Heisman, but he's got to be a dark yes. horse right now. Jack Hayner, Hayner, I believe is his name, how do you pronounce his last name? He's uh, completed 136 passes of 186 attempts for 1,842 yards, 15 touchdowns, only two picks. That's wow. through five games. Sling it. He can sling it. Hawaii can sling it, too. But give me the Bulldogs and they yep. cover. I agree. So back to the game we all care about the most. Minnesota at Purdue. Two and two Minnesota, three and one Boilermakers. Purdue's a two and a half point favorite. 
Obviously, I'm picking Purdue. Yep, me too. I'm trying to figure out how much. I think, I mean, it's I'm going to be a close one. 28-27. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. I was going to say like 28-24, we cover something. 27-24, something we cover, but like, I mean, barely. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I hope very, we can I'm score in the twenties. I guess I mean, I'm, yeah, I hope we can score in the twenties. Well, well, come on, Divas, force a turnover. Yeah, I know right, you're playing yeah. good. We're praising you, but only two turnovers forced, and one of them was late in the game against UConn. Mm-hmm. It's time to force some turnovers, which, which we should should have had one early in the game. Yeah, we, we forced a couple fumbles. We just haven't recovered one yet. Right. I mean, Grant was right there, right? I mean, just just the way he was on the ground, but yeah, yeah, you got to. I mean, games like this, those are going to matter a lot. Yep. Get some pressure on Tanner Morgan for the love of God. At least mm-hmm. Jeff Brown was asked Monday the art about the RPOs because if you remember in 2019 we made Tanner Morgan with the RPOs look like Joe freaking Montana. Yep. Um, yeah. Gosh, I'm sick of that guy. So, um, but yeah, I I think the Boilers somehow some people step up to the plate. Next man up, they get out of this one four and one going to the bye, and every fan would have taken that before the season. I don't. 100%. I don't want to hear anybody say no. No, five and zero. Yeah, shoulda, yeah. woulda, coulda. So, but uh, neither of us will be in attendance, but we'll be watching. Yep. So we'll definitely, definitely be watching. So, let's talk some hoops real quick, shall we? Today Absolutely. was the official first day of college basketball practice, which is insane. I mean, I know, like, here we are. It, we're already here. I mean. I feel like the season literally just ended and maybe just because of we've just been so excited and just kind of, you know, taking as much content as possible with, you know, the guys playing, you know, U19 USA and, you know, whatever may be um, just, you know, videos from practice over the summer. But I mean, I feel like the season just ended and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited for the season as everybody else is and as they should be. Yep. Um, it, it sounded like there was some guys b- banged up in practice mm-hmm. today. Uh, Jay Ivey rolled an ankle, but mm-hmm. says he should be to go by thir- good to go by Thursday. Brandon Newman did not practice, wasn't even uh, present at most of the practice. Uh, Got to have his foot evaluated, but Brian Newbert of Golden Black said the coaches didn't seem too concerned, mm-hmm. but foot injuries always scare me. Yeah, um, as we, we saw last year with, with some of the guys. Yes, and we know Caleb First is going to be battling a foot injury all year. That mm-hmm. will probably need off-season surgery after the season's over. But I did I did like the reports on a lot of the other guys. It sounded like Ethan Morton looks sharp. Isaiah Thompson, they've raved about all year, all off-season, I should say. Mm-hmm. Mason Gillis played some three in practice today. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Which we obviously uh, we know that he's going to miss the first six competitions, like four regular season games to the two. The exhibition and the scrimmage against Providence, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about that until Painter uh, said that yeah. on John R- Rothstein's podcast. Yeah, which so, I mean, because obviously they probably didn't do those scrimmages last year just because of oh, good point, good point. COVID. So yeah. I, I, I kind of forgot about him. I think they were going to do him again just to be as safe as possible, but. Usually we usually do them against uh, West Virginia. It seems like because uh, Huggy Bear and Painter are close and practice against the press. I think we did Providence. I think you are right though. I think two years ago. No. I think I think we were. No. I think it's kind of yeah. We've yeah. We were doing West Virginia for a while, then we switched to Providence. I think yeah, it just depends on what who, what Painter's looking for and obviously who can do it. But yeah, yeah, and there's no uh, we don't play in the Gava games this year. Correct. So yeah. Don't have yeah. to worry about that, and and uh, yeah, it would have been nice to scrimmage West Virginia though, because Florida State I think likes to run some press defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida State's a as we saw a couple years ago. There we played it. We we play them like every other year. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they have a Tennessee. Right. Yeah, they pressure the ball the you know the whole length of the court, and it's they're usually super long, athletic, and which historically does not. No. Bode well for Purdue, but hey, no. I mean, this team. What's I'm interested to see what happens with this team because Painter's not going to play ten guys. He's even said like he can't. He's not going to play ten guys. He's going to play you know at some point probably close to season you know seven eight guys and just going to be interested who gets lost. Who gets lost stuff. in show, yep. Yeah, which hopefully I mean you worry about attrition, but I mean in today's day it's, it's going to happen. You just got to accept it and yep, it's but, easier than and, ever to leave. It just sucks when. You, we literally love all these guys, even with, even the incoming freshmen. It's like we'd hate to lose any of them, right? But it is what it is. I mean, obviously, the good thing is, is there's so many great players that the ones who do play the most, obviously, they've earned it, and so hopefully that, that bodes well for 
the season. Right. <laughs> Right, but uh, looking forward to the season. We'll have more in-depth when we get closer. We'll have our preview episode and everything, and, and hopefully our other co-host, Andrew Eiler, can join us for that one. Um, he's busy with a thing called work right? <laughs> that gets in the way a lot of times of fun things. Yep. But um, but we're hoping to have him back next week, and hopefully we'll be recapping a big homecoming win over the Gophers, and uh, then we get to relax during the bye week. Mm-hmm. But uh, anything else, Webby, you want to add tonight? Anything I'm missing besides I'm Purdue's, like, Purdue's volleyball team being ranked fourth now? I want to mention is, that. Yeah, I mean, a hell of a win over Ohio State, yeah. uh, you know, clean sweep over IU over the weekend down in Bloomington, which makes it like 14 straight years, That's which I did crazy. not know about, which is, I mean. <laughs> That's domination. It's the same in a rivalry at that point. It's kind of getting, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. I mean, just what Shondell is Basketball's doing. going to be there soon. We're, we're, we're making our way up. <laughs> hope so, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, Katie Geralds was introduced as the new women's yep. head coach over it the was, weekend. It was is, it was time. It was absolutely time. Um, but I mean, on the football front, I mean, we were hoping for three and one. We got three and one. You know, you know, we, the kind of the you know what we've seen over the years is Brahms lost some games that he shouldn't have, and we've we haven't had that yet. You know, we've we've beaten the teams we should have, and even though it haven't been the prettiest games, but we're hopefully that's progress, and hopefully, said so we can figure it out on Saturday and. Say so getting the four and one would be going to a bye would be you know I feel like the team should have an all time high of confidence. Yeah, get some guys, get some guys healthy. Yep. <clears throat> so because we we need some guys, just a couple of them, just get a couple right. of them just, back. Just, yeah. So, but uh, no, I don't think I have anything else besides letting all the fine folks know who this podcast is brought to you by, and one of those sponsors is Mad Mushroom. And of course, Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilermakers since 1993, and they're located and they're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're well known as the home of the regional uh, original cheese sticks. But whenever Evan or I visit, we like to sit down and have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which this month is, and you only have a few more days to get it. It is the zesty salami. It's their buffalo zing sauce covered with salami, mozzarella cheese, and cheddar cheeses and finished with an Italian zest drizzle served with a side of ranch. So if that sounds good to you, which I had pizza tonight, but I could always eat more pizza, um, make sure to tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Any Boiler Breakdown listener can also use the coupon code BREAK5. That's an all caps B-R-E-A-K-5 to claim your discount online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And speaking of discounts, Webby, why don't you let us know what the fine folks in our newest sponsor, the shop's got going on. And I am rocking a shop t-shirt tonight. <laughs> Same here. Got finally, I finally got one. So there we go. Good Looks to good. Go. Got the old gold. I like it. Yeah, so the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by The Shop. The Shop has been bringing sports and hometown apparel to the fans since 2011. From our humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find us at our two retail stores and online. We make comfortable shirts. It makes us happy. The Shop is located in Carmel and Indianapolis, as well as online at theshopindy.com. We make the best shirts, period. Next time you're shopping online, use promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your order. Great set of shirts. Or, I mean, all. I mean, they, they do things not obviously – Anything Indiana drink sports drink where yeah. they just released some um I thought it was pretty cool, some neighborhood shirts for the Indianapolis area. So if you're in the Indie area and live in Broadrip or you know, Meridian Kessler, the area, they've got shirts for that. They just released one, you know, with the office that they've got that a license awesome. for, which is awesome. Yeah, um, I was got, wondering. I, I was like, man, I wonder how they got the license for that. They've got but, to tell you, yeah, they've got I mean, if you if you haven't checked out the interview that I had with Alex, the one of the co owner, you can go back in our feed and Yep. Find that interview it was a great interview. But yeah, they, I mean, they, these are licensed shirts. It's not just, you know, these knockoff shirts. They've got licenses with Purdue, Indiana, Butler, um, the Colts, I believe. Ball State, Ball Colts, State, Pacers, Indiana State. Um, I mean, they, they use things like, you know, Indiana Parks. They do some, you know, you know, retro clothing. They and, do stickers. And hats. they give so much back to the community, too. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, great, you know, Great retail stores. If you're in the the Broderpool area or the Carmel area, they're at um, they're up at Clay Terrace, and then they're either in downtown Broderpool. Um, awesome stores. Obviously, you can shop online. Good people. Great social media presence as well. They're they're mm-hmm. funny online. Um, yeah, good people. Yes, sir. All right, and uh, let's wrap it up with two boiler owned and operated sponsors. 
And one of those is Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Be on the lookout for flu shots. You know, it is that getting to be that time of year. Flu season's coming up. Uh, be on the lookout for them offering flu shots. Simply call to set up an appointment, and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out their website, www.webrx.com, or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, professional pharmacy with a hometown touch. And you know, Webby, I was out mowing my grass this afternoon. First time I've mowed in three weeks. Uh, about <laughs> half, half of my yard still didn't need it. It was dust, but the other half did. And I'm looking around like, man, my la- landscaping looks like trash. Well, if yours looks like mine, uh, <laughs> give, give Shroff Landscaping a call. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all your landscaping needs at 574-223-2769. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. And it looks like we got a comment here from Big Time on uh, YouTube. It says, crap, I'm late. Excited for O'Connell. Bring on the gunslinger. Better fit for this offense. We don't care if you're late. We appreciate you tuning yeah, in. So I'm excited to see 16 back there slinging it as well. I like both quarterbacks. I like him. I like Cactus Jack Plummer. But um, I think assuming they are going in the O'Connell direction, I think that's mm-hmm. the uh, the right move to pull the trigger on for Saturday. 100%. So uh, any final thoughts before uh, the Boilers take on the Gophers on homecoming on, on Saturday? Let's sing flex boat. Yes. It's about time we do it. Yes, uh, it's uh, long overdue. Should have had them last year. Mm-hmm. Did have them last year. The rest gave them that game. Uh, hopefully we get some guys back between Tuesday night, tonight when we're recording this, and, and by get, by kickoff on noon Saturday. Um, and if not, let's just eke out a win somehow anyways and get them healthy next week during the bye before we go to Iowa City. Yeah, this is one of those games where it's kind of a, you know, kind of shows your stature in the, in the, in our division. And it's one of those teams that, you know, we're trying to climb to get up to that you know, upper echelon of the big 10 West. And yeah, it's just, so it's always, I always like playing Minnesota because I think it shows a kind of really good gauge for where we are as a program. Yep. I agree hundred percent. And then, like you said, we're in a lot of recruiting battles with them. Yep. So let's uh, boiler up, hammer down and be like Carl and Caddyshack and go get that gopher. <laughs> boiler up. <laughs>